from not knowing who he is. He's got a gun. I thought later, Jake, I should have had my Bible and rescue him. I don't know. It's okay to have fun. And I know you are so blown away right now, like, what are we doing with all this stuff going on in church? Well, you're going to find out before it's over. So let's just have fun. Let's have an impact that it changes for life. What started me on this road in this message is, I don't know about you, but I've been watching a lot of the Hallmark Christmas movies even before Thanksgiving. And there's something that's been in each and every one of them. And it's these people who hit their heads, they get amnesia, and they don't know who they are. I saw just a few weeks ago, even Santa Claus fell off the roof, bumped his head, and he didn't know who he was, and therefore Christmas was canceled. I mean, all these movies have been about amnesia, and as I've been watching and watching, it started coming to me. Why did Jesus come? Well, one of the reasons, he came to give you an identity. And if we don't have an identity, we don't know who we are. You can know how to speak other languages, tear that gun apart, do martial arts, do all kind of stuff that you didn't know you could do. And still don't, not get anywhere because you don't know who you are. There's a lot of things today about st stolen identity. I heard about a lady who shared that whenever you get something from overseas, especially Europe or Asia, they have to immediately discontinue their credit card because people can get that card and they can go to all kinds of people and people can start doing fraud and everything else. How many have heard of there's identity fraud? Well, there's something spectacular about the supremacy of Jesus Christ to give us born identity. He told us that we can take on his identity. That everything that belongs to him, we can have. And everything that he is, we can become. It's an identity that he has given us permission to steal. And it's that identity that will get us over the areas that we don't quite understand what's happening in our life. Now, I looked up a few things about this movie, Born, Born Identity. And it says, this is what I found about the movie. This is about a young man, Jason Bourne, who's running and doesn't know why. This is just a write-out, and it speaks to life. Now, listen to this. He's running, and he doesn't know why. He tries to hide, but they won't let him. He says, I don't know who I am, and I don't know where I'm going. His story is a story of struggle to learn and reclaim a sense of his identity. He fights tooth and nail for truth. And when he finds it, he doesn't like what he finds. He struggles to accept who he is. But in the three movies, he fights to become someone else who he's not. He falls in love. He finds purpose. And he wants redemption. And he wants release from his unknown past. In his fight, he discovers and builds a new sense of meaning and purpose in his life. Boy, does that doesn't speak to lives. We have our own Jason born here. We have a number of them. One is my brother Lee. Ain't nothing this guy didn't do or can't do. He can be a Jason born. Whoever thought eight years ago that he would have went to China as a missionary and to this day has a ministry to prisoners and going to print and bringing Bible to prisoners and preaching the gospel. You wouldn't have believed that 10 years ago. Nobody who knew you would have believed that about you. But he gave you a, a new identity. I think about Brother Mason that I met with this week, him and his wife that are getting ready to start the second Tuesday of January ministering to those who have been divorced, those who don't know their identity, those who don't feel their value, those who don't feel their worth. The Lord's put on their hearts to rescue the abused women and men of our society. Mentally, physically. Tell you the legal side, we'll tell you the physical, emotional side. I think of different ones here that the Lord has rescued and brought out of a place and brought into a place. I think of those here like Sister Nita who has a history of teaching in, in churches and teaching the Word of God and was praying and seeking God, what, are you supposed, what am I supposed to do now? Then she called me one day and said she was invited to become a teacher and a prayer warrior on a local radio station and she was wanting me to bless her about that. And I told her, I said, you know, I remember Marilyn Hickey says that one of the, the strongest ministries that an area needs is someone to get onto the airways and plead the blood and pray and speak the Word of God. How many times many of us, you may be somewhere today and you may wonder, how am I going to do what I'm supposed to do? But yet it doesn't come unless we have an identi a born identity of who we are in Christ Jesus. 
There are people here that are seeking God, and now we have those who are going to the, ministry, the hospitals and bringing cookies and going to uh, areas and handing out water, and we're getting thank you cards, and people are letting us know about how things are touching them. And the other day, uh, I believe it was Thursday or Friday, my wife found out we have a single mother here who's trying so hard to, to, to make it. She doesn't want help of the government, and she's got a job, and she's just trying to make it. Her children haven't been sleeping in a bed. She wanted a bunk bed, so my wife went to buy her bunk bed, and she went to this place to ask if they had a bunk bed, and somebody there overheard my wife speaking says I've got a bump bed that I'll give you and so there was a provision we have a setup by sister Maggie in the foyer about a ministry to AIDS victims in Uganda that we're a part of there's things that they sent to be sold because it just doesn't that they want charity they want to be able to share their their uh their culture they want to be able to share some of their gifts and give you Christmas presents and cards that they made with their own hands there's so many areas that God wants to give us identity that is just not, is not based on who we were, but is based on who he desires us to become. And so one thing that I've been feeling through, through this as we get into it today is that we're getting ready to step over into 2011. We're getting ready to step into a new year. And there's no reason why we have to expect that the, old, the new year is going to be like the old year because he makes all things new. But one thing, yes, give him praise, give him praise. But one thing that he wants and we need, you need, you and I need. We do not need to step into another year with an identity crisis. Believe in the lies of the enemy. Because you see, when the devil came after Adam and Eve in that perfect place called the Garden of Eden, in the presence of God, he went after them in the area of their identity. He said, why be content to be children when you can be like God? He went after their identity and the devil's been after identities ever since. He'll tempt us to believe things that are not true. Why? Because he wants us to try to live in a false place that we don't belong. And then we get to an area of shame and we want to cover ourselves. And we look for anything and everything to try to cover our shame and guilt. Because we're not no longer feeling we're transparent before God. Because we don't know who we are. Because we're not close to him to know who he is. We do a lot of preaching about the cross satisfied our need. I want to share something with you. Now you need to satisfy the cross. Come on, get a hold of that. When we're born again, we're born again to satisfy what was done on the cross of Calvary. He satisfied our need. Now, we now need to satisfy what he paid for on the cross, which is walking in total redemption and total victory through the supremacy of Jesus Christ, Savior and Lord. We cannot be the church of Jesus Christ and have identity crisis. Jesus never apologized for being Lord and King. He never apologized for being the son of the Most High God. He got attacked for saying it, but he kept on saying it. It's impossible to know where you're going if you don't know who you are. But there's one thing I want to share with each and every one of you, no matter how you feel about yourself right now. The fingerprints of God is all over your life, whether you see it or not. The fingerprints of God being there when you needed him and being there when you didn't even recognize that he was working in your life. The fingerprints of God is all over your life as his fingerprints were on the markings of Adam and Eve. It's the need to search and get closer to him and, and know who he is. I read this testimony. It says that a man was working at a place of children with cerebral palsy. And he saw this young man walking down the, aisle, the hall, and he was all depressed. And, you know, he, he was manifesting as children of cerebral palsy does, but he was a, already a grown person. And this man grabbed him and said, listen, can I pray for you? And he goes, yeah. He, he started praying for him, and he, started, he put his arm around him. He says, Lord, I ask you to touch this man and bless this man. And heal him. And Lord, whatever is bothering him, I ask you to rescue this man. And when he opened his eyes, this young man with cerebral palsy was crying. And he says, why are you crying? He says, nobody has ever called me a man before. And that one word gave him identity. There's a word for you every day to give you identity. And it's not the clothes you wear. It's not the car you drive. It's not the house you live in. It's who lives in you. There's a story of this priest who was in Russia. He was a priest in Russia in the 19th century. 
And alcohol was so wild. And priests were even scared to go out of the church because of alcoholism. But this one priest, his name was John. He would go out and he would find men drunk and, and hung over. And he would grab them and he said, you weren't born to stoop as low as this. It's time to rise in the image of God gave you. And it's time to realize this is what he would tell them even while they were hung over and drunk. You were born to house God himself. You and I have been born again to house God himself. And that makes you somebody that the devil fears. That makes you somebody that is marked for victory and success through the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. Say this, say this with me. Jesus is the reason for the season. How many of you believe that? Okay, now I want to ask you something. How many of you can say just as secure, I am the reason for the season? You see, it's weaker. You believe Jesus is the reason for the season, but you are the reason. For the season. When we're lost, when we don't have an identity of who we are. How many of you ever seen that commercial of that Windex commercial that the glass is so clear that the birds run into it? How many ever feel that way? How many ever done that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. Because <laughs> it'd be surprising how, how many of us have ran into that glass. But how many of you know we run into that glass? The worst one is when the birds watch for the man to run into the glass. That's the worst one. But how many of you feel in your life, boom, I should have known that was there. Boom, how could I do that again? Boom, how could I be walking and making the same mistakes? How many times it seems like life has done that to us and we wonder, what can I do? I want to read something to you out of the Word of God. In Matthew 1, 20 and 23, he says, But while, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, you, to take, to, take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son. Somebody shout out a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Somebody shout out Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done in that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now look at John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was God, Jesus. And the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we held His glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. We say Jesus is the reason for the season, but I got news for you. He's the reason before the season, and He's the reason after the season. If we want to talk about Jesus is the reason of the season, He has no season. He always was, He is, and He will always be. Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever. He has always been marvelous. He has always been magnificent. He has always been wonderful. He has always been mighty to save. He has always been able to meet the needs of mankind. He has always been there to rescue those who are down and out. He has always been there to save those who feel like they have no need. He is the reason, but He's not just the reason of the season. He's the reason every Every moment of every day, His name, His blood, His holy word is the reason that you and I can get up and go forward every day knowing that nothing can defeat us through Jesus Christ. He came to save that which was lost. Somebody shout out, He's all that. He's all that. Amen. He is measureless and He's almighty. Now I want to share something with you. We celebrate Him, His birth. But he's, to celebrate him is to celebrate him every day. And when I write people on Facebook and it's their birthday, many of you received it, I write, have a great time celebrating your birth, your day. Some people have trouble. They're too busy thinking about what they've done wrong and how old they're getting to celebrate what God celebrates as your birth planned before the foundation of the world. You've always been on his mind and you always be on his mind. You are the reason 
for the season. You are the reason that he came. Let me share something with you. Jesus didn't come to earth. He, didn't, he wasn't born a baby. He didn't come to earth, suffer as he did, and die on the cross because he didn't have nothing else to do. The reason he came was for you. The reason he emptied all of his glory so he wouldn't explode in the conception in Mary's womb because the womb could not hold the glory of God. So he emptied himself of all his glory. He became a child like you and I, born yet sinless. He emptied himself of all his glory and took on the form of a servant. Why? Because he wanted to come for you. Every time you read the Bible, if you're going through an identity crisis, every time you read the Word of God, and I'll give you some examples in a minute, you need to underline every time the Word says you and yours, and you need to say mine, me, I. You'll be surprised in one verse how many times. I'm going to show you a verse that ten times it uses the word you because that's who he came for. You are the reason for this season. Amen. How many know Jesus came? Because we were unworthy, we were full of sins, we were losers, has-beens, dysfunctional. I'm going to say it in church, just screwed up. Amen. I mean, never going to be this or that, never going to measure up. Those who can't even get it together. Am I talking to anybody? Don't raise your hand, but you just can't get it together yet. Okay, I see some hands. All right, well, God bless you. Well, since you're brave enough to raise your hand, let me share one of my favorite Christmas songs. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple. How many ever seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? And the little guy, we're a couple of misfits. I tell you what, am I in the same company? No, y'all looking at me like I've lost it. But listen, he came for the misfits of life. He passed those who said they had it all together and left them behind for the people who were in the dirt written ready to be stoned. He came for those who couldn't get it together. He came for those who says, I don't know if my life will ever make sense. He says, I came for you. Merry Christmas. I came for you. I came to give you life. How many of you have any family that are misfits? I want to show you. I, I love this picture because just like you're the reason for the season, even Cousin Eddie's the reason for the season. How many's got any cousin Eddie's in their family, huh? You, oh, oh, now you're going to raise your hand. Okay, now you're going to raise your hand. You got some cousin. We all got some cousin Eddie's. Don't you like his legs, man? Those are... We all have some cousin Eddie's. And you look at somebody like that and you go, loser. Jesus says, I'll make him a winner. He, guess what? Even cousin Eddie, drink in his hand, cigar in his mouth. Lives in a camper with his dog and kids and everything else. Can't even afford to feed the dog. Jesus said, Cousin Eddie's the reason for the season. <laughs> That's why you can't give up on nobody because Jesus came for even Cousin Eddie's. Isn't that something? Listen to this. I read this and man, it was something. Muriel's childhood crippled her emotionally. She began visits to the hospital's psychiatric ward when she was 14. By her late 40s, she had seen dozens of counselors, therapists, and psychiatrists. She was on a cocktail of anti-this and anti-that medications that could knock out a blue whale. How many of you have ever heard that before? She had logged no fewer than, listen to this, 61 rounds of electric therapy. And nothing helped. 61 electric therapy. I've had people call me asking, Pastor, they want, to do, they want to give me electric therapy. Do you think I ought to let them? Oh, no. Jesus has a better way. Listen to the story of this lady. 14 to 40 years old. The problem was what others had done to her. Cruel things, malicious things, godless things. One day she walked in the office of the new therapist. She was very unbelieving. She had low expectations. The therapist heard her story and simply asked her one question. How would your life have been different if someone would have came alongside of you when you were 14 and showed you your strengths instead of telling you you were sick? That one sentence after over 20-something, 30-something years. How would your life have been different if somebody would have came alongside of you and told you your strengths instead of always talking about your weaknesses? Always talking about your sickness. 
Always talking about how you're always letting somebody down, letting yourself down. You'll never amount to nothing. How would your life here this morning, you didn't have the electric therapy, but you've had the problems. And you live with these things hounding and belittling and hurting you. How would your life have been different if somebody would have came alongside of you and told you your strengths and your values instead of your weaknesses? Well, Jesus has come to do just that. He divinely has 66 love letters, books, written to tell you, give you an identity, and free you from what all mankind has tried to tell you and set you free. That's what Jesus has come to do. Amen. It says here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, 12 and 13, once you were dead, once, you're not anymore. Because of your disobedience and your many sins. In those days you were living apart, apart, living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know how the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, somebody shout out, but now. You have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you are, have been brought near through the blood of His Son. Somebody shout out the blood. That blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses from all unrighteousness and makes you whole as if you never sinned. Emmanuel, God with us, our identity. Now look at the strength of this scripture here. It says, for God... Colossians 1, 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled. There's your identity, reconciliation. Everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Look at this now. This includes you. Somebody shout out me. This Includes you. Who were once far from God. You were his enemies. Separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result. You want to talk about results? As a result. The result of Christ. He has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless say that with me I am holy and blameless as I stand before him without a single fault can you say that right now can you say that as a result he has brought you into his own presence and I am holy I am blameless as I stand before him without a single fault. You are not a sinner in the process of salvation. You are a son and a daughter. Purchased in the blood of Christ. In the process of perfection. He does not look at you as a sinner. He looks at you as a son. Through the blood of Christ. That's identity. Ten times in these scriptures, he says, you and yours. It goes on to say, but you must continue. Look at this now. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Do you see that? You. You. Here we go. You must continue to believe this truth. You're going to have to believe it. I can preach it to you, but you're going to have to believe it, saint. You're going to have to believe no matter what somebody reminds you of, no matter what the devil reminds you of, you've got to believe the truth. What is the truth that sets you free? I'm blameless. I'm faultless. I'm sinless because he was born to set me free. Is that powerful? Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. I received my identity. Now look at this. Isaiah 53, 6. 
We're all like sheep who wandered off and gotten lost. Yeah, we've all messed up. We all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything. Somebody shout out everything. Everything we've done wrong. And I call this, I saw this, I call this the eternal echo on him, on him, on him. The message says it there twice, on him, on him. On him. Do you hear the echo? Every time you do something wrong, on him, on him, on him. Every time you feel you're no good and you're a misfit, you feel like you can't ever do anything, on him. Hear the echo. He piled everything you've done wrong in every place you went wrong. He piled it on Jesus to be the supreme sacrifice for you. He says, but if we walk in the light, God himself being in the light, we will experience a shared life with one another. As the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's Son, does what? Purges us from all sins. Now, I want to share something with you that I feel we won't go into. You need to go back and read 2 Chronicles chapter 29, the whole chapter. It's a chapter of revival. Hezekiah's dad, Ahaz, had shut down the temple and stopped all sacrifices to God. Lift, put up pagan sacrifices and pagan idols. Stopped everything that had to do with God. He stopped it. And Hezekiah said to the priest, this is the reason that we're living warlike. This is the reason we don't have anything to eat. This is the reason our nation has come down. It is time to do something different. So he told them to bring lambs and he told them to bring rams and he told them to bring sheep and he told them to bring goats and he told them to bring bulls. And he says, we're going to have two sacrifices. Say that with me, two sacrifices. And it says here that he brought the blood and they put the blood upon the heart. I want you to see this scripture right quick. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, 13 and 16. But now in Christ you were once far off have been brought near by the blood. Somebody shout out the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. There's power in that blood to forgive and cover all things. And that, that he might reconcile. Somebody shout out again. Reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting to death the enemy. I want to share something with you about these two sacrifices. One sacrifice was for the people. One sacrifice, uh, three sacrifices were for the nation and the people. One sacrifice was for the Levites and the priest. The first sacrifice was because of the sins of the people. The sacrifice, second sacrifice was the sins of the priest. Listen to me. This is, uh, I want to just give you this point to help you break an identity crisis. The first sacrifice is you accept in Jesus Christ to be saved and born again. Your sins are covered. You're forgiven. But there was a second sacrifice that was needed for the priest. And when you look up in the history and you study this, watch this now. The reason the priests, like Gideon, needed a second sacrifice is because they were mad at God. The word reconciled means to be made in friendship or friendly again. They were alienated from God because they were angry at God for letting what happened to them and their nations. They blamed God instead of accepting the blame on themselves. Now listen to me. This is important about identity. The first sacrifice was because their sins alienated them. The second sacrifice is because their anger alienated them. The only way you and I can have an identity with Christ is to be in friendship and fellowship with Christ daily. As we go into this Christmas season and we go into a new year, there's a lot of regrets and a lot of anger that wants to surface. The only way to grow an identity is to grow in fellowship. And the priests had to sacrifice the goats and they had to lay their hands upon the goats because they were angry at God and had lived angry. It was God's fault and they put the blame on God instead of where the blame belonged. Am I preaching to somebody here today? Let me share something with you. I love you. Let me pastor you right now. You're angry at God because God didn't answer some questions. and You're angry at God as David was angry at God for killing Uriah, but Uriah did wrong. Yuza, thank you, Yuza. Yeah, Uza. Listen, we've got to understand that when we can be in church right now because we fear God and because we know it's the right thing to do. We can say we're Christian because it's the right thing to do. And we can say we serve God because it's the right thing to do. But we can still live, watch this now, 
alienated from God because we're angry that he didn't do what we asked him to do. You can still be saved and yet alienated or not in a friendly relationship because you're angry at God. You will never, no child can have a growing relationship with their parent as long as they're angry at their parent. You're not coming to my wedding. You're not coming to my home for this holidays. Ever since you and mom got a divorce, ever since you and dad got a divorce, ever since you did this and you did that, I don't want to even see you. Still your son, but you alienated because something that went wrong. Alienated means not to be in a friendly position with God. You say you're a Christian, but you don't pray, you don't read, and you're not faithful because you're angry at Him. Therefore, you cannot have an identity because you're a son or a daughter that has separated himself, not by saying you're not a Christian, but in your heart you've separated because you're not close to Him because He did you say He hurt you. This is where the rubber meets the road. I'm a Christian because I don't want to go to hell. But I'm not happy with God. I've been, I've been there. I was angry when my mother passed away with cancer. I was beating life preservers with my boat oar. I was mad. You could have healed her and you didn't. And for a whole year I wrestled with God and I was alienated. I was a missionary. I was going to language school. But I was alienated because why didn't you heal my mom? And when I settled down, a prophet came through and said, Russell, you're like Peter. You're angry at God. And everybody went, <gasps> I said, I, I, I've been telling everybody I'm mad at God. It's no secret. I, honestly, I was mad at God. He could have saved my mom. But as I started getting closer to the one I was angry with, I started getting the answers to why what happened happened. And God healed me by giving me the answers that I needed that nobody else could give me. People can tell you, well, God needed her. People could tell you, well, she didn't have enough faith. People, people had all the answers. But what healed me was when God spoke the answer to me. How can we have an identity when we're continually running from the truth that sets us free? We stop following him. We stop fellowshipping with him. And we forsake him. And we act as if he doesn't exist. That's why we marry who we marry. Move where we move. Do what we do. We don't include God in anything. Because he let me down. And Hezekiah says, stop it. Bring the goats. And confess your anger. Confess your sins on the head of these goats. And now let's sacrifice and get it right with God. And it says that that was the beginning of the revival. Maybe the beginning of our renewal and our revival and the season is to stop being alienated. The, bar, the word alienated in Greek means given to another as if in marriage. As long as I'm angry and I'm awed against God, God says, okay, you're not mine. You're not living as mine anymore. You're having an affair. You're living in sin. I bought you to bring you close and now you've rejected our covenant alienated it means a fixed condition that has become a part of man's nature you live that way it also is where we get our word listen to this mm. alienate is where we get our English word foreclosure you were foreclosed by God because you reject him his lordship his mastery that's a strong word church that's a strong word. Revelations 2, 4, I have somewhat against you. You have left your first loves. You have withdrawn yourself. You have withdrawn yourself. Let me tell you a quick story. I'll be coming to an end here, but I've got to tell you this. When Cindy and I went to Argentina, I was with the leadership, and we were having supper one night with the leadership, and I was shocked at their question. They said, Brother Russell, what happened to Brother Phil uh, brother so-and-so I said why this brother came and preached at our church in the early 1990s he confessed that he had been sleeping on his couch for two years him and his wife weren't getting along so he'd been sleeping on his couch for two years first thing I did was I didn't let him preach anymore I said 
Why did your pastor let you come knowing that y'all haven't been together in bed for two years? You've been sleeping on the couch. You shouldn't be on the mission field. You need to be at home with your wife. And those people in Argentina remembered that that preacher came who had been sleeping on his couch for two years, alienated from his wife. And after all these years, who did they ask me about? They said, whatever happened with that man? Because he didn't have fellowship. How could he walk the walk when he was sleeping on the couch? How many of us spiritually are sleeping in the couch and we're not in the bedroom of the king, the bedchamber of the prince of peace? We say we're married, but we're living separate lives. Foreclosure. I'll shut it down. Bible says in Romans 5, 10, 11, for since our fellowship with God was restored, somebody say praise God. For since our fellowship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice. Somebody shout out rejoice. Rejoice in our wonderful new relationship. There's my next subject. What a wonderful life by Jimmy Stewart. There's my next man. With our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Somebody shout out, I am a friend of God. Shout it out, I am a friend of God. I was alienated, but I don't have to be alienated. I was brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't have to sleep on the couch. I can sleep in the chamber room of my king. Mm. A wonderful new relationship with Jesus Christ. i got to hurry here. Ephesians 1, 3, and 4. How many? You, I bet you all didn't know all this was in born identity. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spirit. Every spiritual blessing. Somebody say with me. Every spiritual blessing. Includes. My identity. Spiritual blessing. My identity. In heavenly places. In heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy. Without blame. Before him. In love. Now I want you to see something very interesting that happened when we wrote this out. I want you to see that the word reconciliation turned into a staircase. It just did it when we put it up. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Isn't that Jesus? Say this with me. I am not a sinner in preparation. I am a son. Say this with me. I am a saint in the making. I say, I am the bride in preparation. I am an heir in waiting. The cross totally satisfied God. Now, I want to finish here, but there's something very interesting. This came to me, and I want to share it with you. If you've seen the Born Trilogy, it started in a certain way, and it, the number three ended in another way. And I want you to see this. As we show this, and I want you to hear what I'm about to say. This is how the first one started, and then it go right into how the third one ended. And it starts, and it ends in water. Go ahead and play it. surrounds the fate of David Webb, also known as Jason Bourne, the source behind the exposure of the Blackbriar program. It's been reported that Webb was shot and fell from a Manhattan rooftop into the East River ten stories below. However, after a three-day search, Webb's body has yet to be found. <laughs> 
three-day search. <laughs> After three days, they caught identity. Come on, can somebody shout hallelujah? You say, what do you mean in that? It started and it ended in water. What you know what I'm talking about? Water baptism. Tonight, we're going to have water baptism. And this is the reason why. Death to the old. Death to the old struggles. The truth has broken. And my bruised identity must be healed. Baptism speaks of transformation of a totally new person. Baptism speaks of being born again. Water baptism is a reminder of the activity and the action of God toward me and in me and for me. Water baptism has marked my new identity. Water baptism represents the choosing me for his life identity. Immersing us in the very life of the Spirit and the power of God to be a son or a daughter identity. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Reclaim who you are in Christ's identity. You are the reason for the season. Amen? You are the reason for the season. So I just want to invite you, would you just bow your head and close your eyes and I want to play a special song for you. And if this song speaks to you, I want you to stand up right there where you are. Where it sings, what this word means. I want you to stand up and I want you to start getting into his presence. And then we're going to pray for you. Just close your eyes and listen to this song. This is Born Identity. Today I found myself After searching all these years And the man that I saw He wasn't at all who I thought it'd be That's because you just stand up But I was lost when you found me
breath right now. things I share before we baptize we'll be baptizing here tonight at 6 o'clock is that that baptism represents dying and taking a new breath in Christ now you might have been sprinkled as a child I was also but I didn't know what I was doing I don't even remember it how many of you remember when you were sprinkled I don't remember it therefore it didn't really mean nothing to me some of you were baptized because they told you you had to just be baptized so you were. But if you really need and you want a new beginning, I want to encourage you to come tonight. Let's bury the old man. Let it die. And when you take your first breath out of that water, you're breathing resurrection life. Spirit of living God. And you can leave here feeling like you're finally living. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those who stood up during the different parts of their song, for the different parts of their journey they're on right now. Lord, some are at the beginning in pain and misery and suffering and longing. And there are those who are rejoicing in such a greatest salvation. Lord, every life here is all-knowing before you touch every life where we need it give us our new identity that we can be living examples of the power of the resurrection that raised Christ from the dead touch these lives these families these homes these destinies and these futures let hope arise again in every life and transform us by the power of your spirit it's not something religion can do. It's not something meditation can do. It's not something a man can do. It's not something we can have the willpower enough to do. It's only what the Spirit of the living God can do. And we need you to come and do it in our lives now. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus as Christ as Lord and Savior, you're here today and you're not living for Him, maybe you've accepted Him but you've wandered away. You're prodigal. You're alienated. You're not a friend of God. You're not living as a friend of God. You're sleeping on the couch. You're sleeping under the bridge. You're hiding. You're running. You're running. You're running from who you think you are. He wants to give you a new revelation of who you really are in Him. If you need this, I want to invite you to come up here right now. Just come up here. Be brave. Stand up for Him. Come up here right now, stand and say, I need him in my life. I need a transformation in my life. I need the forgiveness of my sins. If that's you, saints, I want you praying. Christians, be praying. If there's anyone here at all, you don't know Christ. You're not living for him. Your sins, your wrongdoings, all that has been piled upon Christ as a sacrifice for you. But if you have not accepted that, you have not confessed him and publicly proclaimed him as your Lord, you need to do that right now. He publicly died for you. Now you publicly receive Him. Is there anyone else here today? Someone here today? Would you come? Come now. Come now. Come now. And give your heart to Jesus Christ. If you're away from Him, come now and rededicate your life. Come. Show Him you mean it. Show Him you want to change. Show Him you want a new life. Anyone at all, come up here right now. Come up here right now. Come. 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 Anyone at all. Please just be patient. Just ask you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. No one looking around right now. Just, you know the Lord's dealing with you. You know you were spoken to today. If you're here today and you've been angry with God, I want, to put, I want you to put your hand upon your heart. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I've been there. David was there. So many others, even in the Bible, was there. Put your hand upon your heart. And just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for being angry and blaming you for the wrong and the things that hurt me in my life. Forgive me 
and I forgive you. And I understand that all good things and only good things come from me, from you. Forgive me for doing my own thing and reaping the consequences. Forgive me for pleasing man more than pleasing you. Forgive me for not searching and seeking you with all my heart. I surrender today in Jesus' name. Now just praise Him for it. Praise Him for it. Just take a deep breath and just let it go. Just praise Him. All anger. You can't go on like that. All anger. Except the blood of Christ for the forgiveness, for the confusion, the lies of the enemy, the lies of others. Just be released. I release you. I re in the name of Jesus, as a minister of the gospel, I release you from that anger, that bitterness, and those feelings that have alienated you, foreclosed on your identity, foreclosed on your future. I release you in the name of Jesus and the, by the power of His precious blood that you live worthy of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to encourage you. We have some already written on our list for baptism. But if you want to come tonight and be baptized, we need to know your name so we can get you your certificates. But I tell you, it's one of the, it, it, it was a command because it's on the heart of God. So come tonight and I'll share some more with you. We'll have an awesome time. We love you. We bless you. I believe you're leaving here different today. You're going out a new person in Jesus' name. Brother Jake, would you dismiss us? Yes, Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for the Spirit, God, and your presence in this room, Lord, today. God, we just thank you so much that we've felt you and we've encountered you. Lord, we just thank you that you have just ministered and touched so many lives today, Father, that those that have been down lord god and those that have been feeling lonely god you've healed hearts today we thank you for that we ask god that father these that those who have uh, been touched today father would just continue to walk lord in that in that boldness father in that identity that you have placed upon them lord that they'll know who they are and stand up for who they are and for what they believe in god i just thank you for boldness through in this generation lord god that we would stand up and stand out father in a, in a world that's lost and dying father and that we would be your light and we'd let your light shine in us so we could be used by you I just ask you to bless everyone today bless every family and every loved one in the name of jesus lord bring them back tonight in your name we pray amen Lift your eyes.